Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. times that I didn't know what to pray. I didn't have the words. I, I, I couldn't articulate my need. I didn't even know what I needed. I just know I needed something. But if I could just, just open my mouth and while I was on my knees and looking towards the heavens, I just said, Jesus. Thanks to God, we get too caught up in thinking that we need to know what we need to ask for sometimes. And sometimes we just need more Jesus. Huh? <laughs> Young people, don't despise some of the older people when they just say some of the things that they say. Because there's, 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 there's experience behind it. Oh, I've done all that religious stuff and all that. Hear me. They've gone through things that we haven't gone through yet. They've experienced the things that we may be experiencing now. And if we would just open up our ears to wisdom, especially those that have been with the Lord, they look at you and say, honey, you just need to get on your knees and thank God. Why am I going to thank God for the troubles I'm going through? It doesn't make sense. Well, it didn't make sense that you got in that trouble either. God knows what you need of before you can ask or even think it. So why not ask him, what is it that I need, God? And God's going to say, you know what you need? You need patience as you're going through what you just, you're reaping what you've sown. And you're just going to need patience. I'll give you grace to get through it, but you're going to have to go through it. As a side note for somebody. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Hello, everybody. Facebook, YouTube. Just want to greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, once again, we want to say hello to Mother Mary, Austin. God bless you. We miss you. Um, please hurry up. Hurry up. We want to see you over here sitting next to Papa. He gets bored sometimes. Over there praising God by himself. Amen. But the ladies of the fog need you. If you guys want to know about that, you talk to, to, to uh, uh, Sister Karen or sister Beverly Butcher over there. They'll tell you about it. Amen. So uh, I'm going to get on with preaching today because I don't want to be here too long because I'm feeling good today. I, I feel good. I feel good in my spirit. And sometimes it might have a tendency for me to start, like as the Lord's moving, I'll start moving with him. But I don't want the Lord to move and he already moved on out the way and I'm still talking. I don't want to do that. Amen. <laughs> yeah, another preacher understood that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just, just give it to us, preacher. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I want to welcome all of you. This is your first time here. Um, please don't be surprised or think it's strange that people just loved on you when you walked in the door. It is not fake. It is not phony. This is the kind of church we are. We're just a loving church. We love people. Amen. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 through 6, and it reads this, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in y'all. We say y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Amen. Amen. Now, in el Espíritu de esta Escritura, in the spirit of the Scripture, I feel compelled to preach this message. Me siento obligado a predicar esta mensaje, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Esforzarse por mantener la unidad de espíritu. Endeavoring. Somebody say endeavoring. Endeavoring means to try hard, to fight or to achieve to do something. Esforzarse significa luchar para lograrlo algo. So by the foolishness of preaching today, I'm going to try hard. Voy a esforzarme to protect, for proteger, to fight, por luchar, and defend the unity y defender la unidad of the real relevant relationships that we have here at the Building Christian Fellowship. Las relaciones relevante relevantes que tenemos aquí en la building. Amen. <laughs> you guys turn to Matthew chapter 24, 10. I want to fight to keep what we have at this church. Now, some of y'all don't know me and know what kind of person I used to be. God has transformed me into something different. People, you look at me, you would never guess. If I showed you pictures, you would laugh because you're like, that can't be you. Thugged out. I'm a fighter. You ask my mother. I used to get in fights all the time. Come home, tell her about fights, ones I I lost and some I won. Bruises, bumps on my head. I'll fight. And God made me a fighter. I was just fighting the wrong things. But now that I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, listen, I'm still a fighter. And there's some things I will fight for. And one of those things I'm going to fight for is to keep the unity of the bond of peace here at the Building Christian Fellowship. But this is what I'm asking you to do. Don't let me just fight. I want you to fight with me. I want you to fight when you see division, when you see the, 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 the unity in this church being uh, uh, messed with, if I could say. You should fight just as hard as I do. Because it's not my responsibility to keep the unity. It's our responsibility to keep the unity. Now, with that being said, Matthew 24, 10, it says, And then some will be offended. Many. Okay, many just ain't your auntie, right? That ain't like Aunt Minnie. That means a lot of people. Okay. And then many will be offended. Has anybody ever been offended? Okay, just checking. Many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. 
and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Lord, help us. Somebody say growth. Crecimiento. Uh-huh. That's growth. Growth is good. Amen. Crecimiento es bueno, pero no todo el crecimiento es bueno. What I say? Growth is good, but not all growth is good. For instance, if, I, if we say growth is good, but I come to you and go, man, I got this growth on my neck. That ain't good. Right? That, that's just not good. No, no, it's bueno. Right? When we eat a lot, we get that growth around our waist. No, no bueno. No, it's bueno. Right? Okay, that's not a good growth. So the growth we are experiencing is exciting and it's good, and I want all of us to fight to keep it. The growth we are experiencing here at this church is good. It's exciting. It's bueno. Y quiero que todos luchamos para mantenerlo bien. I want us to fight to keep it good. I was just recently asked by a pastor. He said, how's the church doing, man? How's it going? And I said, man, it's going really well. The church is doing really good, especially over this last five years since we've been at this location. We've been doing really good. We're experiencing some great growth. And he, like at that point, wanted to let me know about statistically, well, you know, at this time of church growth is is when churches usually experience a church split. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, isn't it funny when things are taking off and doing good that there's always something that happens to split up a church? Now, don't be surprised when I tell you that some of the biggest church divisions, divorces, and lifelong enmities all began with a small and tiny seed of offense. Algunas de las divisiones Más grandes de la iglesia y las divorcios fueron cruzados por una pequeña semilla de afinza. Now let's look back at our scriptures. At our scriptures in Matthew 24 and 10, it said this, And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. We have offended Ofendido, betray, traicionar, traicionar, and hate, odio. I said it right this time, right? Last time I said odido. Odio. That's offended, betrayed, and hate. That's a progression, saints. From offended to betrayal. To hatred. In the book of the, uh, uh, by John Brevere, he wrote this book called The Bait of Satan. And it states in there, when someone offended, when someone gets offended, they build up walls. Why do people build walls? Okay, let me help you out. There's something that's going on right now with, the, with our president. What's he want to do? Why is he trying to build a wall? To keep people out. When we have offense, 
not offense, but offense. We build fences to keep people. When I'm offended, I'll build a fence. I'll build a wall to keep you out. You guys know some of us get offended and we'll build a wall. And, and, and some of us get real offended and we'll just build wood fences. And then some of us get really offended and we'll build chain link fences. But if we get really, really offended, we're building concrete fences that are about 14 feet tall. Because we're trying to keep the person that hurt us or offended us off, off of our property. Don't come in here. I ain't trying to hear what you're trying to say. Amen. When somebody offends you, you don't want to hear what they're saying, do you? I'm offended that you didn't answer. You build a wall. Because what you said just hurt me, and I don't want to hear nothing else you have to say. So you build this wall that keeps you from hearing them. And do you know offended people don't hear you? Watch this. Proverbs 18 and 19 says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a citadel. Once a person is offended, they can't hear you anymore. And even worse, they don't even remember anything else you said except for what offended them. Now, let me help you out because we live in a, a day and time where you have people on the right and people on the left are constantly arguing. And they're offending each other. And when they offend each other, they don't hear anything. And when we don't hear one another, there is never conflict resolution. We have a problem, but the problem is all of us want to be right. And I want to be heard, but nobody wants to listen. So as soon as you say something, I'm offended, so I put up my wall. This is the hard thing about this. Watch how offense works. I can look at you and say, man, you look really nice today. Your hair's really nice. Your clothes look really clean and nice and ironed. And your shoes, wow, your shoes are nice. And you smell really good. And I can say all those things, and then I can go, but your breath. As soon as I say that, all you heard was my breath stink. And if I go on to say, but a mint will take care of all that. You, ain't, you didn't hear that. If I said, no, but, but I just wanted to let you know so you wouldn't get anybody else's face and offend them with your breath. <laughs> you wouldn't hear that. The cold part about it is, you, all you heard and remember is the offense. When I said your breath smells and you forgot about the 13 compliments that I gave you before that. Y'all hear me now. I'm trying to catch your attention because there's people in here today that are offended. You got walls up and it's affecting relationships. And I said, I'm going to fight to keep the unity. Look, you, you can't, if you ain't got unity in your own, in your own home, what expect you going to expect you to think that you're going to come here and have unity with other people? You can't have unity with your own family. You ain't going to have unity with the family of God. Not unless you just come in here playing church. When I take offense, if I get offended, I will no longer hear you, and I don't want you in my space. Couples get offended. 
And I said before, divorces happen because people are offended and they want to stay offended and they'll never even hear anything. And here's the cold part about it. A person that was offended, they'll get upset because I'm going to be offended until they apologize. But you got your walls up. How are you going to receive the apology? How are you going to receive it? You're offended. You want an apology, but you can't receive it because I can't give it to you because you got this fence. Offense. The New Testament refers to these fences or these walls as strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. You know, when somebody offends you, your flesh just gets all, hey. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, somebody say through, through God. We got to go through God if we're using our weapons that are spiritual. To the pulling down of strongholds, pulling down those walls, those offenses that you built up, casting down imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it in captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. What does that look like? Love the scripture. We quote it. Man, look, our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. We could sit down and quote it all day. But you can quote instructions, but do you know how to do the instruction? Let me help you all out here, okay? Listen, your weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. You know what that means? The same way you came in this building, you had to walk through the door. So if you're going to settle some, some arguments, some offense, it's got to be through God. So I got to go through God. And what does that mean going through God? I got to go through God God's way. It says casting down every imagination or thought, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? It's the word of God. Now, listen, when somebody offends me, I'm offended and I'm thinking some pretty bad things about them. Can I get an amen? Yes. So you have these little silent prayers in your head about, Lord, please just let a car come by and run them over. Just, just, just hit them right now, Jesus. Right now, hit him with a holy car or something. Use, use that car, Lord, to, to settle my, my issues. That's a thought that goes against the knowledge of Christ. Why? Because the Bible tells me that when somebody despitefully uses you, it says pray for them. Somebody that curses you, you ain't going to curse me out. And I'm not going to think the same back to you. Because the Bible says that's a vain imagination. But if I'm going to go through God, I got to do what God says, and I got to bless you, pray for you. You can't do that in your flesh. You got to go through God. That's why it says your weapons of warfare aren't carnal. They're not fleshly. You can't fight that kind of thing by yourself. You need some Jesus to help you fight that thing. Bringing it into captivity. You know what captivity is? I want to smack the teeth out your mouth. But instead, I'm going to do what God told me to do. He's going to love on you. And to love on you is not from my flesh. I got to do that through God. Because I don't know about you. There's times that I look at people and I'm like, Mm-mm. 
John Brevere goes on to say in his book, the nature of God is to give, but the reaction of the offended is to protect themselves at any cost. Do you guys hear that? To protect themselves at any cost. Offended people will protect themselves at any cost, including yours. So they build up these walls. They build up these strongholds. Let me, let me just go back. The nature of God is to give, right? To give. When you're offended, you ain't trying to give nobody, but you're not trying to give anybody anything but a piece of your mind, right? You know, instead of giving them, you know, the mind of Christ, you want to give them a piece of your mind. Yeah. But God's nature is to give. And I need you to hear this right now because there was somebody that was offended and it was God. What was he offended by? Our sin. But the Bible declares while we were yet sinners, while we were offenders to God, God gave his only begotten son. See, he sent a mediator between God and man. He loved us so much. Even while he was offended that we were doing the things that we were doing, he gave us forgiveness. He gave us Jesus Christ. You may, not, you may be sitting here thinking that you never offended God. You're in a dangerous place, sister and brother, because you have to understand that in your flesh, you are an offense to a mighty, holy God. And without Jesus Christ, there's no get back. Even when God was offended, he gave. So when we're offended, we build up these walls, and this sets us up for betrayal. So first we're offended, and now it's time to betray. Offended people will betray you. Remember our scripture. This is the progression, Matthew 24 and 10. And then many will be offended, and the next thing they'll do, they'll betray one another. So now you're offended. Now it's time for betrayal. Now, let me just give you guys a clear picture of what betrayal is, all right? Because some think people get offended, go, I'm offended because I was betrayed. No, it's not how it works. Betrayal is this, when a person seeks their own benefit or protection at the expense of one they have relationship with. A stranger cannot betray you. When a person seeks their own benefit or protection at the expense of one they have relationship with. In order to betray somebody, you have to be in a relationship with them. There has to be a trust. There has to be something there for there to be a betrayal. Now, there's this video that goes on YouTube, and I'm going to show you what betrayal is. So they set it up where it's a, it's a joke thing that they play, practical joke. They have a little uh, laser light. And they have people standing there, and from a distance, they're shining the laser light on people, and they're waiting at bus stops. It'll be a couple, and then all of a sudden, they'll let off a big, bah! Sound like a gunshot, of course. You see the laser, you think somebody's shooting at you, right? So what happens a lot of times is the, the man will jump up and grab the girl, put her in front of him, or throw her down and take off running. Betrayal. betrayal. See, we don't think of that as betrayal. We just think of that as cowardice. Well, it is cowardice. It's cowardice. Do you know it's cowardice that at somebody else's expense, you try to protect yourself, even when you're hurt. I'm hurt, so I want to hurt them. 
cowardice, betrayal. Trying to help you all out now. Betrayal hurts so bad because they are caused by people we love. You know, it's funny that there is no situation that we can run into that's not in the Bible. You find King David himself. I want you guys to watch this. King David was betrayed. Listen to what he said. Psalms 55, 12 through 16. For it was not my enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. I, could, I would have been able to deal with it if it was an enemy. Neither was it the person that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. If it was my enemy, I would have just hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man, my equal, my guide, and my acquaintance. He was my partner. He was my friend. He was my homie. We took sweet counsel together, and we walked into the house of God in company. Not only was he my friend, he was my brother in Christ. We went to church together. We served together. We prayed together. We, we fasted together. He was my ace boon coon. Betrayal. David had to deal with it. See, betrayal comes from somebody you love. And the worst thing, the worst kind of betrayal, and some of y'all can get up and shout and do a dance when I say this, is the worst kind of betrayal is church hurt. Why? Because I come into the house of God. It's called a sanctuary. It's supposed to be a safe place. That's what sanctuary means, a safe haven. So I can come down, let down all my guards so I can make mistakes, so people will give me grace when I need grace. And then all of a sudden, somebody in the church says something to me, does something to me, and I'm offended. And then now that I'm offended, betrayal comes. Why do you think so many people don't come to church anymore? tired of getting hurt. Look, I, could, I can go to the bar and get hurt. And at least when I get money at the bar, I get a drink. Y'all laughing, but I'm, think of the attitude. We go to church, and honestly, we ask for money. You know, we're giving you spiritual food, but, but why am I going to ask you to come to church for people to hurt you, and then you give money and get paid for it? That doesn't make sense. If I'm going to get hurt, I might as well go to the club. Now, offenses must come, the Bible says. We're going to get hurt, but we're going to deal with this here in a second. But the thing is, people come in here messed up and hurt people. Listen, you don't have to know me to offend me. But in church, all y'all are my brother and sister, your family. And it's easy for you to hurt me more than it is somebody I don't know. Amen. Now, if this offense, now, if you listen very carefully, uh, actually, let me say this. Betrayal comes from someone you love, but offenses can come from anybody. For instance, you got people on the left, people on the right. You got liberals, and you got conservatives, and you got people arguing about whatever they want to argue about. They Actually, they just argue about everything just for the sake of arguing. It, it's really funny. They could be saying the same thing, but they're going to argue about it right? Because they're offended because they're different. Why are you offended because somebody's different than you? Why are you offended because somebody doesn't agree with you? I didn't get one amen right there. Are you guys, you know, this, this, this is the thing, saints. Let me tell you something. 
The Bible says, how could two walk together unless they agree? And we take that the wrong way. It's like, you have to agree with me in order for us to get together. No, we can agree to disagree. I could respect you and love you enough as my brother and sister that you have a different view than I do outside of the Bible. Outside of the Bible. So we can have differences. There's no problem with that. But I can agree to disagree. So don't get mad at me because I think that everybody should stand for the flag. And I'm not going to get mad at you because you feel like people don't have to stand for the flag. It's okay. Thank you. I mean, you guys are touchy this morning. Did I offend any of you? Just as a side note, I'm going to offend you. Because the truth offends sometimes. And I'm not perfect. I'm going to offend you if I haven't already. And guess what? You're going to offend me too. A lot of y'all in here offended me. And it's okay. I'm going to tell you why later. But offenses will come. It's how we deal with those fences. Amen. Boy, you guys are tough this morning. Listen, if an offense isn't dealt with, there will be betrayal. An offended person will betray you. They're going to betray you. So maybe you said something to them, and now they feel offended. They're going to turn around and do something at your expense for them, and which means they're going to betray you. They're going to hurt you. They're going to turn their back on you. They're going to walk out on you. They're going to leave you hanging. And then you know what ultimately happens after that? It leads to hatred. You know what hatred is? This is what everybody tells me. I actually looked it up. Hatred, they say, is a very strong dislike. That's not true. Because there's people that I strongly dislike. I'm just telling the truth. I don't hate them. I just strongly, strongly <laughs> dislike them. And that's okay. Please hear me. It's okay. Those people that I strongly dislike, if they fell down and stopped breathing, I would give them mouth to mouth in a second. I would do chest compressions on them. If they were down and out, I would still come and, and take care of them. I would do, because that's, I just don't like them. It doesn't mean I don't love them. So hatred is the absence of love. Hatred is the absence of love. That's why when you say, man, I hate this, you, you better be sure of what you're saying. When, but when God talks about, I hate these things, David said, I hate those things that you hate, O oh Lord. He was saying, I hate it because there's no love in it. And you know what it is? It was all sin. People talk about, well, well God hates. He hates sin because there's no love in it. And guess what love is? God. So you can hate anything that God isn't in. But for you to hate another person is to hate God himself. If I hate you, if I say I don't like you, if I say something, I'm literally talking about God because we were formed in the image of Christ. 
the image and likeness of God. For me to sit down and say that I hate you, I hate God's creation, and therefore I hate him because we are actually the image of God here on the earth. Ooh, what you saying? God looks like me? No, you look like God. Sometimes you act like yourself, which is ugly. There are four basic ways people get offended. And I'm going to tell them to you and we'll get out of here. Number one, we get offended by what people say to us. Has anybody ever said something to you that got you offended? Amen? Yes. All right. All right. Right. Now, uh, watch this. Proverbs 15 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. A soft answer turns away wrath. So watch this. So when people are talking to you all crazy and they're going off because you may have said something, like you, you were like, oh, yeah, by the way, your breath stinks. Why you talking to me? You would say something about my breath. Why well, get back in the argument with them? The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. So people could be very offended. And as they're building those walls, tick, 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 you could say something soft. And like, you know what? I'm sorry. What was it that I said that offended you? I, I'm, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I didn't mean by no way to hurt you. My intent was to keep other people from talking about you, but I love you, so I shared it with you. Here's a mint. <laughs> Matter of fact, take, two, take three of these. Put these in your pocket for later. There's some, some, something's going on in there. Something. But it says, but grievous words stir up anger. So which means is when they start arguing and yelling at you, you want to jump back and use some grievous words back to them. It just builds more anger. Proverbs 12 and 18, it says, There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. So if you're a wise person, when somebody's offended and they're talking to you, you can bring health to a dying situation just by your speech. So people get offended by what we say, and when we notice people are offended when we, when we say, listen, they ain't even got to say something. You know, it's, it's kind of like the joke. When you say something, it, their, their, their expression slightly changes when they're offended. Or it's like they got shocked. They say something, you're like. <laughs> At that point, you know you offended them. So you need to back up with some soft words. Amen. There's some people that all they've heard all their life were cutting and abrasive words. Sarcastic speeches that pierce like a sword. Sarcastic people can cut you into pieces with their tongue. You got any sarcastic people in here? Yes, yes. Just to let you guys know. The, the Butcher family, the Butcher slash Johnson slash Rankin family are sarcastic people. I've had people come and look at me and tell me, dude, why are you talking to your son like that? I'm like, dude, that's how we interact with each other. And see, because we interact with each other, we're used to that kind of speech. We're always being sarcastic. But when we go outside our family, for people that don't know us and we act that way, it hurts people. Even people that I don't say it to that see me talking to somebody like that, watch this, I could talk to Donald the way that I talk to Donald, somebody else could see it and they get offended at me by the way I was talking to him. So I'm learning that uh, maybe I may not need to talk like that out in public. <laughs> Keep family business amongst family. But we're all family, but it's exactly what I'm saying. Because here in the church, we're a family of families. 
and we talk to each other certain ways. But there may be times that we talk to each other that somebody outside the family hears us talking, and they'll get offended because I've seen those two church people going at. Sometimes, you know, it's kind I don't argue in front of the kids. Did you catch it? Sometimes you need to take your arguments inside, shut a door, and deal with them, and don't deal with them publicly. Marriage counseling 101. Don't do it in front of the babies. Number two, second reason why people get uh, offended is what people don't say that offends you. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. That looks like a beautiful picture. Did I just paint it? Was that, didn't I paint a picture? Nice silver bowl with beautiful apples of gold. Did it, you catch that? Anybody there? Okay. So if, if I say something at the right time, it could do good to somebody right? What if I don't say anything? Let me give you up. You're in here and you're working, you've been serving, and nobody says thank you. After all that hard work, ain't nobody said nothing to me. I've been working, nobody noticed the work that I'm doing. Has anybody ever been that place? Okay, at work. Okay, how about this? I cook, I clean, and all you want to do is complain about what I'm doing wrong. I mow the lawn, I take out the garbage, I even put my shoes up. Can I do anything right? See, it's what we don't say sometimes that gets people offended. And sometimes, saints, when people don't thank us, we get offended and we'll stop doing what we were doing. Why? Because you're offended. You built up a wall. Amen. So then the next thing you do is when people don't say anything, let me just tell you guys about serving here at the church. You guys ready for this? I try to appreciate everybody. I'm telling you right now, I appreciate everybody that has volunteered and that is all in, that serves and sticks it out here at the church. I appreciate all of you. If I don't ever get around to looking at you and saying thank you or any of our leaders, I apologize in advance. But I do have to tell you, mature Christians, that listen, you're not working for my thanks. Even though... I understand what it feels like to be appreciated. I want to feel appreciated, and I know you do. But at the end, people will quit because they didn't get a thank you when they thought they should get a thank you. We get offended. But the Bible says that do everything as unto the Lord. So you, you do your work as unto the Lord because the thank you that you really want to get is that, that day when God says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's the thanks that you're working for. Amen. All right. Number three, the third thing we get offended by is when people didn't do for us like we figured they should have. For instance, you know I needed some money. You got the money. How come you didn't give it to me? I needed 150 bucks and all you gave me was 10. I know you got it. You guys hear me? Some of y'all have done it yourselves as well as know you know some relatives that have done it to you. You know we didn't have our PG&E on. How come you didn't come? Yeah, turn, get my PG&E turned on. Look, man, you know what kind of business I do. Why didn't you come get your business from me? Because you expect it, and we don't go to you, or we don't help you, you get offended. Because we just assume that you should come to me. Listen, you guys, maybe somebody didn't help you this time because they got tired of helping you the last 12 times. Like, but you might as well turn your PG on, PG&E on in my name. I mean, I pay it all the time. 
and Maggie for your TV. Now, to be honest, you know, I wanted to get real deep and scriptural on this, but I couldn't even find a scripture to back this up. (laughs) But y'all know what I'm talking about. The fourth reason, this is very important. I need you guys to listen very carefully. Fourth reason why we get offended is when people correct us. Let me, let me tell y'all something, okay? Nobody likes to be criticized. Amen? And then some of you guys, well, it was constructive criticism. It's still criticism. Whether you want to call it constructive, building up, tearing down, it's still got criticism on there. Well, it wasn't a criticism, it was a critique. Okay, so you got French on me now, right? You, you speak in French. I, I think in French, is critique means criticism. I don't know. Sounds like it to me. It's still the same thing. People don't like to get corrected, but do you know what? You can't grow without correction. Come on, saints. If I correct you, it's not because I just want to correct you. I, I, that's, why, why do we even think that somebody just wants to go around and tell everybody and correct everybody what they're doing? Yeah, there's some narcissistic people that are like that, but please, I hate to have to tell my children to do stuff right. I just want you to do right. But if I correct you, it's because I want to see you doing better. Amen. If you correct me, you want to see me doing better. Amen. See, there's one thing that you guys don't realize. At the end of every service, I ask for the newcomers, the the people that are here, to meet me right there in the reception area. And you know what I say? Let me know how you like the service. You know what that means? Tell me what was done wrong and what was done right in your eyes. You know why? So I can get better. Is it comfortable? Uh Uh-uh. No. I'll even ask you guys, so what do you think about the message? You know what you'll tell me? Man, Pastor, it was great. It was blessed. I don't get better that way. Look, you all got quiet. Y'all just got real quiet. It's like, so am I really supposed to tell him what I thought? (laughs) Really? Yes. If you want your pastor to preach to you, and and, and I'll I'll receive it, and I'm not going to argue with you. I'll receive what your opinion is. What I do with it is up to me. That ain't got nothing to do with you. So if somebody comes and corrects you, it's up to you how you receive it. It's up to you whether you take offense. You guys know you have to take offense to be offended. Take it. Okay, let me, I'll, give you, I'll give, you, give you perfect for instance. You know there's people that come and knock on your door. You're like, hey, how you doing? Hey, can we got a minute? They want to talk to you. you say, no, I don't want to talk to you. Cool. They're like, well, can I leave this pamphlet with you? It's up to you whether you take it or not. Right? The funny thing is you take it and go inside and then you get mad about it. (laughs) You took it. That's what we're doing with offenses. When people offer you a reason to be offended, it's up to you whether you take it or not. It's offense. I ain't got no choice. Yes, you do got a choice. You got Jesus Christ on the inside. If anybody needs to be offended, it's him. Proverbs 29, 17. Correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. We like that because we're thinking about we're the ones that's correcting people. Can you just be the son for right now? On this side of the scripture, I need you to get on the other side of the scripture. 
okay? You be the son. So that when you get correction, you'll give somebody else some rest. Gosh. Proverbs 12 and 1 says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. I just said that. Some of y'all was like, man, that was kind of harsh. I'm sorry. It's in the Bible. So if I correct you and, and try to correct you and you don't want to be corrected, I can call you stupid. Don't get mad at me. It's in the Bible. No, I can't do that. Don't you do that, you guys. That's a joke. I won't call it. I'll just show you the scripture. Don't get mad. Jesus said it. Listen, saints, as I bring this to a close, being offended is a God-ordained opportunity to teach us humility that we may be honored at a later time. The root of the spirit of offense is bitterness. People that get offended easily are the ones who are bitter about something. That bitterness is usually caused from a memory or an injury. So when you say something to somebody and they jump at you, it's really not what happens at that moment. It's something that maybe happened later on or, or, or earlier in their lives, and they're reacting to what you just said from what happened in the past. I watched this thing where this dude, this dude was talking about rape, and he didn't believe certain thing about rape, and it had nothing to do with the fact of people being raped. It happened to do with a culture thing, and he said he didn't agree with it, and this woman was going off yelling. I've been raped. You don't know. I've been raped. And so many of us have been raped. See, she was answering him from her injury. And he didn't mean anything about it. And, he, and why, look, she was offended. And while she was so offended, he was looking at her going, what happened to you was terrible. And it never should happen to anybody. Matter of fact, the person that did it should be thrown away in jail for life. That's not what I'm saying. But she couldn't hear him because she was hurt. And once she just heard one word, it built up a wall. And she was mad and she was angry. And he tried everything he could do to win her over, but he couldn't. And that's some of us in here, saints. We have these bitter roots that are in us and, and we're reacting to people. It isn't about what they said. It's about something that happened to us earlier on. In Hebrews 12, 14 through 16, it says, Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail uh, or fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Saints, listen very carefully. Every time that I've ever seen a church split, it started with one person or one couple because they were bitter about something. And when they get bitter about something, you know what? When people build fences, the fences aren't just to keep people out. Sometimes fences are built to keep people in. There's a place called prison. Got big fences. Bob wire at the top. It's to keep people in. And it's also built to accept more people. And when people are in prison behind their offenses, they want other people to come in there with them. It's not fun being in prison alone. Nobody wants to be in solitary confinement. So what they do, they start telling other people stuff. Man, I'm offended about this and offended about No! If you're offended, it's going to happen. Well, what does the Bible say? 
must come. When you're offended, the Bible also says in Matthew 18, watch this, if a brother has done an odd against you, you go to that person. Don't let nobody come up to you talking about, well, I just need a little counseling. Well, what do you think? Well, this is what happened to me. Don't tell me. Go tell the person. Because the Bible says, lest a root of bitterness spring up and defile many. The church split started with one couple, and do you know what? They start saying something to somebody else about their offenses, then another person wants to take on offense, but they weren't in that, so they start looking for something wrong. And guess what happens? They're going to find it. Because you know, if you look for something wrong, you're going to find it. Huh? They did it to Jesus. They looked, they fabricated something against them. They found something in their perception. They changed the perception. They put a little twist on it, kind of the way that the enemy does to the word. He'll take truth, and he'll just twist it enough to make it sound real, but it ain't real. And then they went ahead and they convicted Jesus Christ for something he ain't never did. And that's what happens in church split. That's why I'm saying that we need to endeavor, we need to fight to keep the unity, not just me, because I don't know what goes on out there all the time. I don't know when I always offend you, and most of the time, people don't know when they offend you. Why can't you go, man, hold up. You just said something, and that didn't sit with me right. What happens is you have a seed, a root, a stem, and fruit. The seed is the injury, something that happened a long time ago. Because that's where you're reacting from. It isn't what happened now. It's something that happened to you a long time ago. Then all of a sudden, the root happens, bitterness, because you're bitter. Then from that, the stem comes up and reacts on your flesh. And then from that, the fruit of it is division. Church split. Divorce. No longer friends. In order to endeavor to fight to protect the unity of the spirit that's in this church, we have to remove the root of bitterness that's in us. We need to go to the Lord and ask him, what is it that's in me that is causing me to be offended so easily? See, the Bible says that you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask wrong. But when you go to the Lord and say, Lord, what is it in me that is causing me to be offended by everything? The Lord will reveal it to you. He knows what you're in need of before you ask or even think it. And when he reveals it to you, then you say, God, become the helper and help me pull up this root, this weed that is springing up in my life, choking the word out of me, and it's becoming unfruitful. Remove this from me, and God will become the helper because he is a helper, and he'll help you pull that thing up. And once you eradicate those weeds and that bitterness out of your life, then you can start responding with one thing. You guys are like, Pastor, how do I respond to offensive comments, offensive actions to me? How do I do this? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. Receive everything with grace. What does that mean? I like to put syrup and butter on my, on my pancakes. Before I eat them, I put syrup and butter on my pancakes. You get it? So before you receive that which people give to you, put grace on it. What does it look like? When somebody says something to you that's wrong, you have to look at it like this. Maybe I said something to make them feel this way. Or maybe they're just having a bad day. 
Maybe they're hurt about something. All, all God wants you to do is give that person the same grace you want when you're having a bad day. That's so easy, isn't it? God said, don't take offenses anymore. They'll come, just don't take them. See, when you get that thing removed out of you, that bitter root, there's going to be some people that you're going to go to and you're going to go, you know what? And they're going to be the people that hurt you. You're going to look at them and go, you know, I've been holding something against you for years. But I forgive you for it. Now, I don't want you to miss next week because I'm talking about forgiveness. You need to be here. Because forgiveness is not what you think it is. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. Oh, I'll wait till next week. I'll wait till next week. I'll wait till next week. Yeah, I got ahead of myself. Only mature people of God can overlook mistakes of others. To do so is not weak, but it's a sign of a strong and big heart. No one is perfect. No one is perfect. Give the same grace you want when you make mistakes. Just give it. When somebody's offending you, just give them the same grace you would want. You do that, then you're acting like Jesus. God forgave us. He gave us forgiveness before we even needed it. Colossians 3, 14 and 15. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let peace of God rule your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. God is calling all of us to endeavor, to fight, to hold on, to try as hard as we can to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace amongst his family. How are we going to change the world if we can't even change ourselves inside here. Listen, saints, there is a city that needs to be one for Jesus Christ. We need to be different. We need to be together. Even the kingdom of darkness runs in unity. Why can't the house of God, the family of God, run in unity? Stop being offended at each other. Let's learn to talk and give grace to one another. Let the love of God rule our hearts so that we could be the true body of Christ, that the light of Susun City that sits upon a hill, the place that is going to draw the sick and the tired and the weary and those that are downtrodden, they will come here and they will experience real, relevant relationships. They will experience the love of God which is found in Jesus Christ through his body because he operates in unity and he wants to operate through us all. Amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.